welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we want to thank you so much for your unconditional love for us. Thank you for drawing us to yourself through the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus right now over our lives and over our consciences. May the blood speak. In the blood, we are righteous. In the blood, we are whole. In the blood, we are complete. We pray, O oh God, that you give us a revelation about who we are in Christ, in the new creation. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Powerful. God is very gracious. And some people one day accuse the Lord Jesus that he is associating with sinners and task collectors. And Jesus made a statement. He said that the people who are well do not need to see a doctor, but only those who are sick. Hallelujah. The church is a place where people of all kinds are welcome. Amen. And you and I need to change the way we think and embrace anybody and everybody who is willing to give their life to God. Our lives will begin to have meaning if we begin to look out beyond ourselves and begin to win souls. Amen. So, don't laugh at that sister from Botswana because to God, she is perfect. She is righteous. And she's now learning also to become a winner of souls, to be a savior of men. Amen. Let's look at our scripture of the week. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. Hosea 12, 13. It says, And by a prophet... The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Hosea 12, 13. So let's go. Hosea 12, 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Hosea 12, 13. Amen. We thank the Lord. You see, one day Apostle Joel was in our house and um, he looked at one of the drawers in the kitchen that contains um, spoons and forks. Then he said, Gilbert, pull this thing. And I pulled He said, if you needed a fork or a spoon, thank God you are blessed. You have more than one. You have more than one fork, one, more than one spoon. He said, what would determine which one you pull? Amen. Which one you will pull to use to eat or do whatever you want to do. Which one are you going to pull? Then I said, I actually don't have a plan. I just look at it and whichever one I feel like pulling, I pull it. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So this is, this is who we are in the hands of God. That God can choose whoever he wants to use to accomplish his purpose. And so if you look at it this way, when we are speaking about a man of God, like a prophet, like Bishop Dagwood Mills, it's like there are so many people, but God says, okay, I will use this one. And think about the scripture very well. You and I both know that it was, okay, let me take a step back, because you know, when you make an assumption, you can make a mistake. Who brought the people of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land? You know, like, Okay, let's start from the top. Like, like when they are talking in general, in general, you know, 
who is the one who orchestrated and engineered and facilitated and organized the whole project? Almighty God. Hallelujah. But then Hosea, many years later, is saying, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. So God is the one doing it, but he's using a human being. That is a thinking that we need to understand. Right from Genesis all the way to Revelation, God always uses human beings. Amen. So that is the honor that you need to have towards a person God is using. In fact, God may choose to use a donkey. Like he used a donkey to speak to who? Balaam. Amen. Yeah. If God can use a donkey. and Because I remember I used to attend this church. And the pastor used to tell the ushers. That if you hear someone knocking at the door. And it's a donkey. Check the donkey's neck. If there's a sack of money around the neck. Open it. Because if God can use a donkey to speak, he cannot use a donkey to bring money to us. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, um, when you are walking with God and you are following God, you, you must know how he works. Amen. See, there are ways and means by which God works. So, that is the explanation. By a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet, he preserved Israel. We want to continue on our series, The New Creation. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. We've been talking about the new creation. We are saying that the new creation is not what? We made a list of things that the, the new creation is not. Tell me what. It's not a new creation of your body. Amen. Okay, who else? It's not a renovation of the old creation. That's what you are going to say. It's not an improved version. Amen. You can, have, you can have an improved version of an old thing. But your new creation, when you become born again, the Bible says that you, he has given you a new spirit. Amen. So it's not an improved version of your old self. I mean, you know yourself. Your old self, no matter how much you improve it, is not going to meet God's standard. Amen. So God, in the new creation, has given you a brand new heart. It's like a spiritual heart transplant. Amen? Wonderful. It's not an innovation. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Please, project that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, the, the, the preposition there, that is very important, is in Christ in. So, it's not a universal statement being made to all human beings on the planet. But if anyone is in Christ, hallelujah, what does it mean to be in Christ? You are born again. You see, the way you get born again is not by joining a church. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, joining a church it ought to be people who are already born again and then they join the church. Obviously, somebody who is not born again is welcome at the church. But the goal is that after they join the church, they should become born again. Is that not so? The church is not a gathering of people just trying to have a social event. The church is made up of individuals whose spirits have been renewed, who have received a new spirit in the new creation, and God has put us together so that we would encourage each other and stay in the faith until Christ comes. Amen. If you happen to know some powerful men of God, it doesn't make you born again. Because sometimes when you are talking to people, they say, oh, I used to, I, I attended the university with Bishop Dagwood Mills. So what? Amen. And then if you just happen to be in church, it doesn't necessarily mean you are born again. That is why every Sunday after church, we make an altar call. Amen. I mean, if you go and stand in a, in, a, in a car garage, does that turn you into a, 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 a car? Amen. I mean, if you go and sit in McDonald's, do you turn into a, a hamburger? But that's where they make the hamburgers. Is that not so? So, it's not automatic. There has to be a deliberate conscious decision that you have made that I want to sign up for this adventure in God. When you give your life to Christ, you are becoming what? You, a new creation. It's like a, it's an adventure of a walk with God. Amen. 
all things are passed away, including your old original Adamic self. One of the things that Christians struggle with is that you look at what this verse is saying. If anyone is born again, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. But you look at yourself. You are still the same. If you owe somebody some money, <laughs> you still owe the money. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Everything looked the same. But then the scripture is saying all things are what? Passed away. So that, that is the struggle. The struggle between the physical reality and the spiritual reality. Amen. And you are caught between which way to operate. But if you can believe that Adam who lived, I don't know how many years ago, that his sins have affected you and has put an operation of the law of sin and death in you, that you needed a savior, you needed the redemption of Christ. And that if you can believe that Christ Jesus who died on the cross, on, at the time that many people were dying, many people were being crucified in and out, but we all know that certain unique things happen around the death of Christ. But if you can believe that his death ha can make a difference, that by placing your faith in him, that you actually had your sins and your shortcomings or your infirmities and your weaknesses taken care of on the cross, then you must believe by the same faith by which you came into Christ. You must believe that now you have joined a new dynasty. You have joined a new what? Royal line of people. Hallelujah. So, so you see, it's a renewing of the mind. When you look at um, Romans chapter 12, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This mind renewal process is the struggle of believers because we, we have been educated by the world, but it's so hard to do away with what? The world's education and embrace the teachings of Christ. The teachings of Christ, the teachings of the Bible are so outrageous. They are so out of work. It's like it doesn't jive with normal thinking. The old things are passed away. A, a person who is terrible, you get it. Because sometimes when you watch some of these testimonies, like a woman, because I mean a man, many people have the conception that men are, you know, play around a lot. But a woman to come and testify that I used to be a serious fornicant and and graduated to from one level to another. You you may think you may you may feel sorry for the person, you may think that such a person who is going to I mean she's broadcasting her past but there's the scripture right there unless you don't believe the Bible it says all things have passed away so before God all that she did is no more to be accounted against her amen if you still think if, if a brother a Christian brother okay let's say this lady is in our church Madam Sally <laughs> okay let's, let's say this lady is in our church and a Christian brother is how do they say it? Head over heels over her. You get it. And, and wants to propose to her and marry her. And you bring your long upper lip and say that, hey, this lady, I would strongly advise you against it. You were not in church when we listened to her testimony. Then it means that your mind is warped and you are thinking naturally. Amen. Because, you see, before God, after you have repented, the old self has died with Christ in hell. And when Christ rose from the dead, Christ came out. In fact, when he came out, he was able to pass through walls. It's like his glorious body. And the Bible said we were raised with him. So I don't know what your history is. I don't know what, uh, what, what you have done in the past. We, if we truly believe the scripture, then God has started you on a new clean slate as if you have never done anything wrong. This is the power of the new creation. That your sins have been wiped away and it, it, it is not to be remembered. And you see, if you want people to treat you like that, then treat other people like that too. Like, if somebody is referring to your sins, say, oh, it's under the blood, it's covered. But you, you are not willing to deal with people on the, on the basis of the new, new creation. You want people to see you as a new creation, but you don't want to receive people as a new creation. One man of God said they went for a pastor's conference and uh, there was a there was a, a breaking, uh, they broke them into small groups. And at a point, uh, he was interacting with somebody. And then that person said, I, I used to be, uh, I mean, I, I got born again in jail, uh, in prison. He said, okay, uh, what did you do? He said, I killed somebody. <laughs> you see, there's a, the, the man of God says, hmm. it's like, this is what we preach. But when you see somebody who is born again, in prison after killing somebody, he said he began to be a, a big concern. 
But that, but see, see, we, why is it that we preach grace? We preach grace and forgiveness of God. But it, we only preach it in, on the receiving end. Like some, the person who is now born again and now a preacher, this man of God was said, he said he was afraid. And he said later on, when he was taking the elevator to his hotel room, he got into the elevator and this Medra, former, I should say former Medra. No, I shouldn't call him Medra, former Medra. He said the two of them alone in the, in the elevator. He said he started praying into us. Quietly, of course, quietly under breath. He said, what if, he said, it was going through his mind. What if, what if uh, his old self arises and he strangles me and, and takes my wallet? You see, all these things mean that our minds have not been fully renewed. Amen. Yeah, our mind, because he said to God, look, look at the Bible. Look at the people God used to write. The majority of the Old Testament was written by who? Moses. And the majority of the New Testament was written by what? Who? Paul. What is common between the two of them? Both of them were murderers. Amen. What we are talking about is that we are talking about, the Bible says, as sin increased, grace much more abounded. In other words, God is bringing us into a whole new way of thinking. It is not to say, it is not to say that now we have a license to rampantly go and say, no, as a matter of fact, let's look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, a scripture we read last week. We are talking about how to practice the new creation. How to, how, what, what does it mean for practical daily living? Because you see, unless our minds change and, 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 and shift away from, 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 from the issues that we often deal with, we, the new creation will forever remain like a theory. Hallelujah. Look at that scripture. If by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Who is that one whose offense brought death to everyone? Adam. Like I said a few weeks ago, there are only two ancestors of the human race. Adam and Christ. All human beings fall under these two. Either you are a descendant of Adam or you are a descendant of Christ. When you have not become born again and place your faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for your sins to be washed away, you are just a descendant of the natural man Adam. But after you meet Christ and you give him your life and Christ lives in you, you now as you have started a new series, you have started a new, you have become a new species of being in Christ. So if by one man's offense, death reigned through one, much more those who receive what? Abundance of grace. Amen. Abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. It's a gift. God takes it and gives it to you. So there is, there is two things Two things that the new creation brings to you. Abundance of what? Grace and the gift of righteousness. What are these two things helping you to do? You will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Amen. That's our calling. That's our destiny. That as Christians, as members of the new creation, we are supposed to reign in life. Reign over what? Reign over problems. Reign over somebody, um, one brother, you know, the, uh, an issue came up before the pastors, and the wife was saying that, you know, he doesn't uh, talk to me in the house. Um, he's just all by himself. All he knows to do is to give instructions in the house. And and then the, 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 they will ask the, the woman, so what does he say when you try to talk to, talk to him? Then he, say, he said, she, she said, oh, he, he, he will say, a king does not talk to his subjects. So, so you see the mind that the, bro- the brother came to the marriage with the mind that he's a king, and, 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 and the wife, and the wife is, is his subject. But here we are not talking about reigning over another person. Reigning in life is reigning to overcome the issues of life, overcome the problems of life. Many people are being overwhelmed with problems of life. Hallelujah, and and then in the in the world. People find ways of overcoming their problems or, or bear. What are some of the means people use to overcome and, and not be overwhelmed? Naturally speaking, people say sports. No, no, in the world, people in the world. Drinking, drugs, smoking. Amen. Some people, it's, other people, it's food. When they are worried, food. It's like, let me go for one more thing. It's like different things. Some people, the, the, the emptiness in them it, it, the, the way the way they satisfy it by sex, do you get it? 
you don't get it. May you, may you not get it. <laughs> may it not happen to you. But what we are talking about is that there are issues in life that people are struggling with. And the key is the new creation. The new creation starts with abundance of grace. Like, like the Adamic life of... Let's look at uh, um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. It says that there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is therefore now ingen for the mercy. That's Norsk, Norwegian. It means no condemnation. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? So then, if you are in Christ Jesus and you are a new creation, there's no condemnation for you. The devil doesn't have access to your heart unless you let him. If the devil brings anything to condemn you, remind him that this scripture says there is no condemnation for me if I am in Christ. Look at the word again, in Christ. Then who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. By the way, walking according to the spirit, it may seem, it may seem like unattainable because you could, when it says who do not walk according to the flesh, according to the spirit, immediately you disqualify yourself because you are in this body. So, so how is it that you are not walking according to the flesh? It's talking about a life of faith. To walk according to the spirit means to walk by faith. And faith is what? Believing the word of God and applying it. Do you get it? So the scriptures we are going over, if you believe, you have to come to a place where you actually believe it more than your problems. You believe it more than how you are feeling. You believe it more than how you are thinking. You believe it more than what anybody says. Hallelujah. If you can take the word of God one by one and believe what God is saying, not what you are thinking, not what you are feeling, that is faith. And as you are walking by faith, it means you are walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit does not mean in the night, you fly in the night up in the sky. It does not mean that you don't eat. It does not mean that, okay, according to the flesh, it means that you fast uh, seven days a week. That's not what it means. Even though fasting is good. Amen. It does not mean that you're not going to have issues in life. Are you with me? It does not mean that some, some of you think that the, your, most, the, your biggest problem in your life that is keeping you from serving God is your spouse. That's what some of you think. But that's a lie because the Bible says Enoch walked with God. Amen. He is the one that we know from scripture that he walked with God. And the Bible said God took him. He was not because God took him. Like one day he was walking with God and he entered a certain realm and God said, you know what? I like you too much. I want to keep you here. Hallelujah. Now, why do I bring Enoch up? You may think that Enoch was a single man like Paul, but he was not. Amen. Enoch is the one who gave birth to Methuselah. So it means that he must have had a wife, Madame Saleh. Is that not a good assessment? So, so, so if you think all your problems is because of your wife, that's why you cannot serve God. Uh, Enoch is a clear example. He walked with God. Amen. In fact, he named his son Methuselah as a prophecy because God had revealed to him that one day there will be a flood that will destroy all mankind. And the name Methuselah means when he is dead, it shall come. If you look at the genealogy in uh, Genesis, as soon as Methuselah died, that's when the flood came. Amen. So his name, Methuselah, and that is also one reason why Methuselah lived for so long. He lived, he was the one who lived the longest because his, 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 the longevity of his life was also a measure of God's patience with mankind. Because when Methuselah dies, the flood is about to come. So God let him live as long as possible to give mankind the opportunity to repent. Are you listening to me? Is our God a good God? He's given us what abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness so that we shall reign in life. Look at the scripture. Who do not walk according to the what? Flesh, but according to the spirit. According to the spirit is not some spooky something in the air. It's about the word of God that you are hearing. This very word you are hearing, that you believe it and that you apply it and you walk in it and you obey it. That is walking by the spirit. Amen. Next verse. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This is what has happened to you in the new creation. A person that has become a new creation by being born again and you are in Christ. This is what has happened to you. There is something called the law of the spirit of what? Life. That law has set you free from what? The law of sin and death. There are two laws that are in operation. 
there are two um, principles that are motivating and driving people. And people in the world who have not embraced the new creation life in Christ Jesus, they cannot help it but to use something, a way to cope with life. Hallelujah. But the tragedy of the hour, my friend, is that we believers who have what? The law of the spirit of life available to us. We are not using the law of the spirit of life. On the other hand, they have also taught you drinking is no good, uh, uh, using drugs is no good, and you are, you are, so you are not using it. So you are not availing yourself of the power and the law of the spirit of life in Christ. On the other hand, you are also not using the people in what the people in the world are using. And so you are stuck in, in the middle and you don't know what to do. Amen. That is why we are teaching about the new creation. That when you sign up for Christ, there's the law of the spirit of life which you can believe and confess and say it and apply it to your situations. Amen. Look at these other scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 15 and 45. We are talking about the overcoming life. So I'm a new Christian. How does that help me every day? It starts by renewing your mind, knowing who you are. Amen. First Corinthians 15 and 45. It says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became what? A living being or a living soul. And the last Adam became what? A life-giving spirit. The last Adam is Christ. And after you are born again, Christ has become a life-giving spirit to you. It means that he's giving life to who? As many as have placed their faith in him. See, you shouldn't walk around thinking you are alone. You should have faith that Christ lives in you. Living by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit is taking the raw word of God and believing it is true, not for somebody else, but for you. If you believe Christ is in you, then the last Adam, who is Christ, has become a life-giving spirit. What does that mean practically for you? If there is something dead in your body, if there is something dead in your life, if there is a vision that is dead, if there is something that is not working, go to the scripture and use it for prayer. Amen. Amen. Lord, I believe that I belong to the last Adam. And he has become a life-giving spirit. I receive new life from you. I receive new life in this situation. Are you listening to me? We are talking about how we take our new identity as new creation beings to overcome day-to-day events. That the scripture as you are seeing it, that is the same scripture that they read 2,000 years ago. It hasn't changed. But we must believe that if Christ has become a life-giving spirit, he's giving life to who? To his followers. And you are his follower. You are entitled to new life in Christ. Amen. All right. Another scripture, um, same passage. Let's go to verse 47. 1 Corinthians 50 and 47. You notice that the writer is making a contrast. Okay. The descendants of Adam versus new creation believers in Christ. And if you belong to Adam, then the first part is true for you. But if you belong to Christ, then the second part is true for you. The first man was what? Of the earth, made of what? Dust. That is all the sons of Adam who are not born again. The second man is the Lord from heaven. He's making a contrast between Adam and Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then it means that you don't just belong to the earth. You belong to where? Heaven. Because the people who descended from Adam, all that they can lay claim to as their heritage is earth. Are you there? When you read the writings of Solomon in Ecclesiastes, you can become depressed. That's why sometimes people say that Solomon wrote, um, he wrote a son of sons in his youth. Then he wrote Proverbs in his middle ages and he wrote Ecclesiastes in his old age. <laughs> I don't know when it wrote, but, but, but you see, young people are very hopeful. Is that not so? Because they haven't seen a lot of the, the whippings of life. So what, young people are very excited and very hopeful. Amen. Brother well, Eugene, you are a young man. I receive it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you can be young at heart also. I am a young person. Whether you like it or yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, look at the scripture. The first man, this is making the contrast. As the contrast is coming, you must choose which way you belong. Do you belong to the first man, Adam? You belong to who? 
The second man. So the first man was of the earth, made of dust. You are not just a piece of dust. But then the second man is the Lord from heaven. It means you are entitled to heavenly input. You are entitled to heavenly resources. If the Lord from heaven means the supervisor of heaven, the administrator of heaven, the one that is in charge of heaven, so that as people, the, the things of the earth have a, a finite definition to it. Like, like, have you ever gone somewhere and they say it is finished? Something is finished. It's like they are selling something and it is finished. But when it comes to heaven, there is, there is no boundary to heaven. Let's go to verse number 49. We are still developing our thesis about who we are in Christ. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, because every human being that is born under the earth, you are born as a descendant from Adam. Is that not so? So you bear the image of Adam up and until you get born again. So the order is that first you bear the image of what? Adam, the original Adam, the first Adam. But then after you get born again, your image is about to change. Your image has entered a new image. So as we have born the image of the man of dust, we shall also do what? Bear the image of the who? The heavenly man. Why do we read this scripture? So that you can look forward to it. If you don't know this is available to you, you won't look forward to it. You won't aspire to it. Hallelujah. How many here will go to Barnes and Noble? Do you know Barnes and Noble? And go and ask them, say, I've been looking through the aisles. I cannot find tomatoes. What do you think is going to happen? We don't sell tomatoes. You can't come to Barnes and Noble and look for tomatoes in Barnes and Noble. Amen. But if you know that they sell tomato at Kroger, you expect to find tomato at Kroger. Yes. Is that not so? Yes. So what we are doing is that we are showing you the shelves of the life in the new creation. We are showing you the shelves where you find things that you should expect to get. You can expect to bear the image of the heavenly man. Amen. 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 The old man, Adam, was what? Purely dust. You are not just purely dust. You are, you are descended from the new man who is heavenly. Is somebody lacking these verses? Yes. Look at this other scripture. John chapter 3 and verse 6. John chapter 3 and verse 6. In Jesus' conversations with Nicodemus, he revealed something. The whole exercise of renewing your mind is about reading about what God has accomplished already in Christ and then laying claim to it and appropriating it for yourself. That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. See, if everybody here has been born by a woman at some point in history, is that not so? So, the flesh that you descended from, that's you. You are flesh, naturally. But then, after you are born again, the Bible says you are born of the spirit. So, you are not just flesh. So, what we are saying is that the flesh no longer has a hold on you. No matter what you are struggling with in your flesh, it no longer should have super, uh, 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 superseding power over you. Because if you are only born of the flesh, if you only descended from Adam, then all the weaknesses of Adam, that's what you know. Hallelujah. God is telling you a new vision for your life. That, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are spirit. Amen. If we are born the image of the first man, the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So from now on, you are a heavenly person. He said, but I'm on earth. It is called faith. Believe it. It is not based on how you feel. As a matter of fact, in this passage, in this passage, I forget the verse. Maybe somebody can Google. When John, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, somewhere in this passage, Jesus made a statement. He said, no one has seen the Father. But what? The Son of Man. He said, no one has ascended to heaven, but the Son of Man who is in heaven. Can, you, can somebody find that? It's in, right in this passage. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. By the way, where did this conversation take place? Somebody came to visit Jesus. Who came to visit Jesus? Nicodemus. Okay, where did that happen? I mean, did it happen on earth, in mid-air, or in heaven? It happened on earth. But look at what Jesus is saying. That no one has ascended 
to heaven. But he who came down from heaven, that one, we got that one down. Because Jesus came down from heaven. Is there anyone who doesn't believe it? Is there anyone who doesn't believe it? We'll pray for liars later. And uh, people would problem with their hands. Everybody believes that Jesus came down from heaven. So there's no struggle with that. But the struggle is, that is the son of man. Jesus, he used this clause to refer to himself more often than any other clause. He called himself the son of man. So when he said the son of man, everybody knows he's talking about himself. Is there a dispute around that? So he said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is. In other words, that is means that is the same person. The one who came down from heaven, that is, is like, in other words, is the same person I'm talking about. Is the son of man who is in heaven. But when he was saying that he was standing right on, on earth, how is that possible? By faith. In the realm of the spirit, there's no boundary. Hallelujah. Have you not read Hebrews 4, 16, where it says that we come to the throne of God boldly? But how many have flown physically into the throne of God before? But as you are here and you are praying, your spirit man is before God. You see, God is training us to think anew, to train us to look at life differently, that we have a lot more going for us than we have thought. Hallelujah. And so, as you are on earth, if you are in Christ, if Christ is in heaven, you are in Christ, you are also where? In heaven. And that is how you can bring a case before God. That is why you, have, you are welcome before the throne of God. Hallelujah. You bring a petition before God. So the next question is, okay, so these are all nice and great things, Pastor. Thank you very much for telling us. Uh, what have you learned so far today about the new creation? That you are what? You are heavenly. You are a spirit being. You are not just a person of dust. Is that not so? You are a new creation. You are in the image of God. As you have born the image of the first Adam, we shall also bear the image of what? Christ, the new man, the heavenly one. Are these not nice things to know? The question you are going to come back with the pastor, these are all nice things. But I'm going through real problems today. What do I do? Is that, is that a fair question? Yes. So what we are saying is that the new creation thinking ought to inspire us to look at life differently. That, so there are some situations in your life there are some trials. By the way, there are two types of trials. There are some trials that come, that can be avoided. There are some trials that come on us based on a certain lifestyle we have lived. Do you get it? But that it's not every trial that comes to you that is because you have done something wrong. Did you know that? I mean, it's not every trial that you are going through that means that it's like you are under judgment. In fact, the reality is that as you walk with God and as you grow in maturity, then the enemy of God, he looks at you and he's jealous of you. He's jealous of the closeness that you are getting to God. Because see, what he has been, he has been rid of, Satan was cast away from the presence of God because of what? His pride. As he was cast away from the presence of God, and you are getting close to God, he's not happy about it at all. Are you listening to me, somebody? He's jealous of you. Have you had a friend, very close friend, and somebody came and entered the friendship and then knocked you out of the relationship and then the, the new one has become closer to your friend and then now you are like you have to now knock, make an application and a petition before you are admitted you will feel jealous, you will say oh, this person, it is because of him or her that now I don't feel close to this person anymore, there are people like that they, are very, very, they have a way of saying certain things and before you know it now, your old friend thinks you are a bad person. You get it. Satan's main agenda is to cast you from the presence of God. It's that if I can have it, I can have you have it. And so, as you are getting close to God and you are maturing in your work with God, he will throw things at you. You see, instead of saying, why me? Why me? Please, let's rather take understand. We need to take a militant mindset about this, that it is not just you and God and a new creation. There is this also, the invisible enemy of God, an enemy of your soul, whose main agenda is to cast you off from the presence of God and to take you away from your heritage. Hallelujah. Let's look at some scriptures from uh, Peter and James. Because what we are talking about is that now the practical outworking of the new creation life, how do we do it? How do we encounter problems and how do we deal with it? Let's look at James. There's a scripture in James. James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. The devil 
deserves to be resisted. Not everything that comes to you is from God. See, that's the other thing. We blame God for a lot of things that God has not done. Amen. A lot of things that are thrown at us is not from God. But God expects us as part of a growing group of people who are he's training for us to work with him. He's training for us to be able to resist the devil. Look at it. But he gives more grace. That is, God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Keep in mind, the devil was proud, and God resisted him and cast him off. So God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. If you acknowledge God, you acknowledge your new creation life, and you always constantly give God praise and thanksgiving, and humble yourself, God will give you grace. Hallelujah. Next thing is that, verse 7, Therefore, submit to God. That's the first step. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some of the trust in our lives, after we have acknowledged who we are in Christ, after we, we, we have seen that there's a new life we have in Christ, that you are a heavenly person, we just have to constantly submit to God. Now, when you submit to God, it gives you authority to resist the devil. Don't go and, and resist the devil if you have not submitted to God. You will get a very severe beating. Go and ask the seven sons of Sceva who tried to cast out a demon. One day they didn't have a relationship with God. Hallelujah. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Some of the trials need to be resisted by faith. Hallelujah. Some of the trials are not sent from God. But it's the devil trying to take you from off course. And you need to sit up and don't have a pity party and feel sorry for yourself. Hallelujah. God has called us to walk by faith. Walking by faith means that we are going to have what? Resistance. Amen? But then you don't look at the second time. Look at the word of God. The Bible says, with abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I am supposed to reign in life. Why am I not reigning in life in the area of my finances? Why am I not reigning in life in the area of my marriage? Why am I not reigning in life in the area of my what? My school. Why am I not reigning in life in the area of what? My relationship. Whatever area you are not reigning in life with. Now, the promise of God is that you are supposed to reign in life unless you have not received abundance of grace. Unless you have not received what? The gift of righteousness. If you have these two, you are supposed to reign in life. Reigning in life over what? Over the issues. The issues will come to your neck, but they will not swallow you. They will not drown you. Because you have a resistant, militant attitude. Instead of crying every day, get up your abosor and stand up to pray. Instead of saying, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Tell the Lord, Lord, I believe your word. You see, one of the things the devil does is that he gets you to be angry with God. He gets you to, actually, the one who can, who can help you, the devil gets you to dislike the person. Hallelujah. Just like church, sometimes when people are going through a lot of difficult uh, difficulties, they feel like, I can't come to church. Because everybody is smiling. And when I smile, it will be like I'm faking it. Because I know I'm in great, uh, what? Distress. So I can't, so that they will wait till the problem is over so I can come and smile to everybody. No, 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 no. That is the time you need to have come and get reinforcement. To come and be reignited with the fire and the life of God. Hallelujah. Satan's goal is to cut you off from the very thing that can help you. Say amen. We, our duty is to resist the devil. Let's look at another scripture from uh, Peter. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. 1 Peter 4, 12. And then we will, after that we will read 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse We are talking about how do we overcome our issues, our trials. Find an, a verse in the Bible that applies to your situation. Find that verse and use that to make war. Use that to pray and remind God. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. He was writing to believers. You see, the new creation life, you see, no, no good Bible teacher will tell you that as a result of becoming into the new creation life, it means that your life will be what? On flowery beds of ease. That person will be lying to you. Amen. 
Peter is saying that don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. It is something that is common to man. But how you respond is where the difference is going to be. Amen. Let's jump to 1 Peter chapter 5. Right, and verse number 6 to 11 therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time once again you see you're talking about a start of humility humility would make you what accept what God is saying not reject it amen humility will help you embrace the word of God next verse casting all your care upon him for he cares for you Humility will make you believe the word of God. Instead of letting the devil tell you that God doesn't care about you anymore. Instead of accepting the lie of the devil that God doesn't care. If God cared about me, why did he allow me to get into it? You see, if you keep on saying why, 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 the devil is winning. The devil is winning as long as we keep saying why, why, why and questioning the, the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. We must come to a place where we, we, we believe so much that God loves me so much that he will not let a bad thing happen to me. And if something bad is happening to me, it's from the devil. And with the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I will resist. I will resist. I will not blame God for something that the devil is doing. Amen. Are you listening to me? We must believe in God. It's like a woman who knows so much. 100% of the husband loves her. That she's not afraid. If somebody says, oh, I saw your husband talking to uh, this person on the street. I saw your husband hugging this lady and she, he hugged her for too long. He's winning the soul. The soul. <laughs> one lady, one, 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 one pastor's wife, she faced the husband in the house after they did a convention. And he said, come here, come here, I have a complaint. I have watched you. That all, all the people you prayed for, this particular young lady, you laid your hands on, on her for so long and you were a bit too close to her. You see, it's insecurity that made people do certain. <laughs> do, you, do you get it? He said, how is it that? And then after you laid your hand on her for order, then you also had her. Ah, who told you that's how the Holy Spirit is working? Then she wanted to take a video of Bishop Dan. He said, look, watch this. Watch how he did it. Do you, do you get it? But a woman who knows so much that her husband loves her and will not fool around. No matter what you say, you say, you know what? He won't, he won't do a thing like that. It is that type of strong strong confidence in God's love for you. That should make you not ever doubt no matter what comes to you. Hallelujah. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, the adversary is not God. Your adversary is not God. Your, God is actually on your side. But it is your adversary, the devil, who goes around, what? Roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. It's like a, it's a free variable flying in the air. He's seeking some, somebody is going to fall. But you have to decide in your heart that it will not be me. The devil is seeking for someone to devour. The devour doesn't mean he's going to kill you. He's going to kill your will to live. He's going to kill your hope. He's going to kill your faith. His goal is to kill the relationship between you and God. Amen. But how do you fight back? You fight back by remembering who you are in Christ. That I am a new creation. There is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Remembering that as I have borne the image of the former Adam, dust. I am bearing the image of the heavenly one, Christ. Even whatever is born of dust is dust. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. I am a spiritual person. Then the devil will say, well, how about what you did yesterday? How about what you did this morning? He said, I confess it is under the blood of Jesus. God said he hasn't seen it. He doesn't see it anymore. I also do not see it anymore. Hallelujah. And then you actively submit to God and you resist the devil. The devil, take your hand off of my finances. Take your hand off of my, what? Marriage. Sometimes it's the devil actually entering into the marriage, in case you didn't know. Sometimes it's the devil actively affecting your health. Every small turn, something is happening here. You must not accept it that it's normal. Hallelujah. And God is saying that he's giving you tools to fight with. Let us not be like the, 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 the um, security people who are working in the light house headquarters in Lagos who didn't come to work with their, with their guns on the day that the armed robbers came when Bishop and all the other people were having a meeting on the second floor these armed robbers came after the event by the grace of God they didn't go upstairs to attack Bishop and Bishop Saki and Co 
after they left, they interviewed the security people who were on duty. Said, what, what, why didn't you do anything? They said, we left our guns in the house. What is the purpose of a gun if you leave it in the house and you won't use it? Now, God is calling us that the first weapon we have is to know who we are in Christ. Believe it. That we can use it in warfare, in prayer. And instead of crying and saying, why me, oh God? Tell yourself that the adversary is the devil. He is the, he is the enemy. The enemy of your soul is the devil. God is rather the one on your side. And then join forces with God and the word of God and the blood of Jesus. And submit to God and do what? Resist the devil vehemently. Put your hands together unto the Lord. We stand up to your feet. Let's commit ourselves unto the hands of the Lord. With every eye closed and every head bowed. I want to invite you to submit your life to Christ. If you have not started this new creation life. If you are not born again. If your sins have not been washed in the blood of Jesus. If you have not confessed your sin and asked for forgiveness of sin. It means you still have them. But you have the opportunity today to ask for forgiveness of sins. If you are that person, lift up your hand. Blessed be thy name. Our Savior and our King. Our loving Messiah. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you have abundance of grace towards the sinner. Thank you that your goal is not to cast us out. Maybe you are born again, but maybe you have practiced a life that doesn't please and honor God. And this morning, this afternoon, you want to reconcile to God. Lift up your hand. You want to ask for the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from a guilty conscience. To cleanse you from a heart that has been stained. Lift up your hand if you are that person. God is gracious. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to forgive us. I love you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, most glorious one. I want the church to pray after me. Thank you, my God, for your mercy, for your grace. I believe Christ died for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead for my justification. Now give me your grace to believe every day of my life. I'm a winner. I'm an overcomer. I reign in life through abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness through Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen and amen. You may take your seats. If you brought your tight, your first and best turn up to your feet. We encourage us to pay by test to give.